0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Three Tune Tuesday for Tuesday, August the 22nd. I am your host, Bonaparte, and you are listening to Blind Skeleton Online Radio. If you're here, you have found your way to my quaint digital cottage in the digital countryside. Please do come in, make yourself comfortable. There are more than enough well-cushioned, oversized Victorian chairs for all. Three Tune Tuesday is my opportunity to share with you some vintage songs from years gone by, Before the advent of electric music, when records were still played on wind-up phonographs and the recorded sound was still magical. It was a slower time, and when I invite you to visit with me for the next half hour. This week we're progressing our way through the years. Last year we visited 1907. Last week we visited 1907, I should say. The week before that was 1906. Now this year is 1908, so please sit back. Close your eyes, and let yourself be transported back in time with me to a much slower time. The year 1908 was a pivotal time in the history of recorded music. The phonograph, which was invented by Thomas Edison in the late 19th century, had already transformed the way people experienced music. But by 1908, the industry was undergoing significant changes that would shape its future. There were two major record labels in 1908. The first was the Victor Talking Machine Company, which had the Victor label and the Victorilla label. Victor was founded in 1901, and it was probably the leading record company of the era. Victor had the iconic His Master's Voice logo featuring Nipper, that was the dog, listening to a phonograph. The company was known for its high-quality recordings and a roster of top artists. Columbia Records was another titan of the era. It had its roots in the late 19th century and was a major competitor to Victor. Columbia was innovative in its approach, introducing double-sided records in 1908 as opposed to single-sided records, which allowed listeners to enjoy two songs without having to change the disc, although they would have to flip it. Now, back during the era of 78 RPM records, each side of the record housed really only one song, two if they were short. A 10 inch disc could hold about three and a half minutes at most on one side, and 12 inch discs could hold up to four and a half minutes. There were some minor record labels of the time. Edison Records was one of them. Even though he had invented the phonograph, Thomas Edison and set the stage for the music industry. He faced some stiff competition, and his records were unique in that they were not playable on the standard Victrola or Columbia phonographs of the time. They required their own phonograph, the Diamond Discs. It was really an early form of format wars. There were others as well. Zonophone was one. Leeds was another. There were certainly a number of smaller players, but Victor and Columbia were the majors, and those will be the record labels that we're listening to today. Another major change that was going on at this point was the transition from cylinder recordings to flat discs. Originally, phonographs did not play the disc record like we understand it today, as if playing a vinyl record. Instead, the original records were recorded onto wax cylinders, which played anywhere between two to four minutes at a time. And of course, as the industry evolved, so did the tastes and preferences of listeners. And we ended up with a variety of genres and types of music that we're going to listen to today. The first song that we're going to listen to is on the Columbia label, and it's entitled Snyder, Does Your Mother Know You're Out? It's an interesting piece from the early 20th century. Obviously, it's it's from 1908, and it is a yodel song, or yodel spelled Y-O-D-L-E, as they were spelled back then. This was a unique genre that combined elements of traditional European yodeling with American musical styles. The songs often featured what we could call vocal acrobatics, where the singer would rapidly switch between the chest voice and falsetto, creating a distinctive sound. And of course, there was also some yodeling involved. Now, for this particular song, I'm going to break out the Victrola VV35 that's in the Blind Skeleton Collection. I don't typically play this phonograph all that much. This is a portable phonograph that Victor introduced and sold between the years 1924 to 1926. It was right in the midst of the Roaring Twenties, and a phonograph such as this would have been made available to quite a number of people to take out on picnics and outings. It was a suitcase-style portable. It's got a handle to close it up and carry it around with. It has a space for carrying a few records in it. And of course it has the wind-up crank. I don't normally play it. It's got the... I have some other stand-ups that I usually play inside the studio. The portables are nicer to play outside because the sound is a lot more able to be diffused. But I had brought this out on Sunday to a show I was at and thought it would be nice to bring in and share with you all today.
1: You want to you're out of it. Come to me, be you're out of you're out of I'm 32, she promised that she would be mine The first day of next June And then she is my little wife How happy I will be Why I sing or dance for laughter this evening Then she sings this song to me O'er the night, you're the morning,
0: So here at Blind Skeleton, we obviously do enjoy our classic 78 RPM music, but we are much, much more than that. Our streaming site, BlindSkeleton.1 and Blind Skeleton Radio, streams 24 hours a day of old time radio shows such as The Shadow, The Lone Ranger, Green Hornet, and much, much more. 24 hours of old-time radio seven days a week, broken up only by our particular live streams. If you are hankering for some old-time entertainment, it's definitely worth a listen. It's available, of course, at blindskeleton.one radio. We've got something new coming up, or old, new to us, coming up all the time, depending on your point of view. And certainly some fun things to listen to. Film photography is another one of our great joys website has galleries and write-ups of some of our favorite vintage cameras, including tips, tricks, and even developing ideas with ingredients such as instant coffee. One of our next concoctions will be to develop some film using red wine. I'm looking forward to that. And of course, we have our music. We have lots of music. All the songs in the Blind Skeleton catalog are searchable, and we encourage you to do so. The only songs we play are those that are in our collection and we play them live on period appropriate equipment. If you do find a song that you'd like and would like to hear, we make it easy to send in a request, and as our way of saying thanks for doing so, we'll send you a discount for a coffee purchase at our sister site at Skeleton Brew Coffee. Skeletonbrew.coffee. Of course, our website also has all our links to various social media. And we do encourage you to follow us and share to get the good blind skeleton word out there. Our next song is perhaps appropri- appropriately entitled simply Faust. Now, Faust was an opera by Charles Gounod based on Goethe's tragic play Faust. The opera premiered in 1859, and it has become one of the more frequently performed and celebrated works in the operatic repertoire. It has rich melodies a very dramatic narrative and compelling characters. The opera has a number of different areas and songs, and this one is simply entitled Faust. It does have a subtitle of Hail Thou Dwelling Pure and Lowly, this is a one of the well-known areas from it. It showcases the protagonist's admiration and longing for a simpler and more innocent life. Given its popularity, it's been recorded by numerous artists over the years, and the version we have here is performed by Angelo Bendinelli. The area is one of the most celebrated pieces from the opera. In the opera, the story of Faust is followed. He's a disillusioned scholar who makes a pact with the devil, Mephistopheles, in exchange for youth and pleasure. In this particular aria, Faust has been transformed into a young man and finds himself outside the home of Marguerite, with whom he has become infatuated. The song captures Faust's admiration and longing as he contemplates the purity and innocence of Marguerite's dwelling. Angelo Bendinelli was a prominent Italian tenor known for his gentle and soothing voice. He began his musical journey at the Teatro San Marco after receiving training from Cortesi in Pisa and Giacchetti in Florence. His talent took him to various theatres, across Italian cities such as Bologna, Mantua, and Venice, where he performed in iconic operas like Rigoletto, which we will hear after this one. His association with the Teatro Petruzzelli of Bari was notable, where he performed regularly from 1907 to 1925. His international acclaim also took him to stages in Cairo, Montevideo, and Buenos Aires. His recordings to the world of music are pretty significant and he ended up collaborating with the Italian Columbia Company and emerged as one of their earliest tenor stars. i you And that was Ben Denelli singing Faust. Apologies for the small technical mishap at the beginning. Their needle couldn't seem to find the groove of the record. Now, before we play our third song of the day, I'd like to take a moment to talk about the world of freshly roasted coffee. I did mention Skeleton Brew very briefly in our first intermission. I'd like to take a moment to talk about it just a little bit more. If you are someone who cherishes the rich aroma of a freshly brewed cup of coffee, then Skeleton Brew is going to be the place for you. Every bag of Skeleton Brew coffee is small batch roasted after you place the order. This ensures that what you receive is most likely fresher than anything you would pick up from the grocery store shelf, even though we do need to spend a day to roast it and then ship it in the mail. If you look at the roasted date on any of the bags you pick up at the grocery store, chances are they are at least a month old. With Skeleton Brew, they will be a mere matter of days. Now, just imagine waking up to the invigorating scent of incredibly freshly roasted beans that were roasted just for you. It's a truly amazing thing. And of course, over at the Skeleton Brew website, we also have monthly specials. This week we have a special of three different roasts ready for you. Starting in September we are opening up our special to our three different Halloween blends and roasts which are really going to be perfect for those crisp autumn mornings. If you're a fan of pumpkin spiced coffee we have just the thing for you. If that's not your thing we certainly do have a good mocha chocolate-flavored roast as well as a cinnamon and green apple roast, just perfect for the autumn months. And for those of you who do like to experiment with your coffee and perhaps like to do at home what they do in the coffee shop, we do have new recipes for you every week, giving you the perfect opportunity to elevate your coffee game. So while you're enjoying these tunes, do head on over, take a peek, and see what we have there for you to enjoy the most, to give you an ex- coffee experience unlike any other. Remember, wake up your bones with Skeleton Brew. Now, for the last two weeks of Three Tune Tuesday, we covered the years nineteen o six and nineteen o seven, and for each of those weeks, I did play a song each week from the opera Rigoletto. We're continuing that tradition this week and playing Casa Ocaila, or mid the fair throng as translated into English. This is a, an aria for a tenor from Verdi's opera Rigoletto. Rigoletto premiered initially in 1851 and is sung by the Duke of Mantois in the first act of act of the opera. The Duke is a character known for his womanizing tendencies and in the aria he expresses his carefree attitude toward loves in the piece. He essentially conveys that he is indifferent to which woman he pursues, as any one is as good as any other to him. This particular song is sung by Enrico Caruso. He was one of the most legendary tenors in the history of the opera. He was an Italian tenor who really did make it big in the Metropolitan Opera in New York. Caruso's recording career was very groundbreaking. He was among the first opera singers to embrace the phonograph, realizing its potential to reach a very broad audience. His his recordings spanned a range of arias and songs. They played a pivotal role in popularizing opera across continents. And of course, from a financial standpoint, these records not only provided a new revenue stream for artists, but they also democratized access to high-quality musical performance, which initially was only accessible if you lived near one of the big opera houses and if you could afford it. Even today, with what we would call the primitive recording techniques of the time, his recordings serve as a benchmark for aspiring tenors, and his legacy continues to inspire generations of opera enthusiasts and performers alike.